0: Welcome
1: to. Tech Jr.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back. Today we're talking to Will Johnson, who we had on the show back in September, and we were talking about a success story. So, Will started out uh, working in a factory. He was uh, like packing powder in boxes and stacking boxes and, and that sort of thing, and worked his way up, uh, taught himself JavaScript. Uh, built a little following on Twitter and did a lot of networking and found himself working for Egghead I.O. So uh, we're, we're going to be talking all about that today and, and what he's doing as well as jumping into Rails, which he's, he's learning along with Ruby for his new job. Uh, if you want to support us, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, follow us on Twitter, tweet us, tell your friends, yada, yada, yada. We love you. Thanks for listening on with the episode. Welcome to Tech Junior. My name is Lee Work Jr. I'm a full stack JavaScript developer, and I have with me, as always, Eddie.
0: Hey, it's Eddie. I'm a front end developer.
2: And today we've got a special guest. We've got our first—I don't know—we know what to, to call this first guest that's come back. Our first repeat guest. Yeah. We've got <laughs> Will Johnson
1: from uh, from
2: Egghead, right?
1: Yep, that's correct. Thank Will, you if for you could, uh, having me. Oh, go ahead.
2: We're we're just beefing this totally, but uh Will if you could introduce yourself. Uh
1: yeah, my name is uh Will Johnson. I uh currently work for AKIO as a community engineer, uh slash learner advocate. I've uh, been there since uh I don't know, since October I'd say. Uh <laughs> did a career I was trying to count the months and I just gave up. Um That's fine. <laughs> And then uh, I was um, a career changer. I was previously doing like more manual work, so did some studying on my own and a lot of networking, and I was able to land a job at uh, Egghead, and you know, here I am today. Very, very excited to meet with these guys again.
2: Cool. Yeah. So, first of all, welcome back. Um, for anybody listening, uh, we don't have episode numbers on our website, but uh, Will came on on episode twenty, uh, which. I don't even know when that released, like probably October of 2019. And this is episode, I don't know, 50 something probably. (laughs) Uh, We record in advance, so it's kind of tough to count. We don't need to count. We're JavaScript people. But um, (laughs) so to recap, uh, when we talked to Will, uh, Will, you were working, I think, in a factory. Yeah. And what kind of factory was that?
1: uh well the business they they made like food products like the stuff that goes into twinkies and uh i don't know emulsifiers and stuff yeah like the that stuff the on the inside hold on pump the brakes like the filling or like something that goes into the filling yeah the filling they made the filling wow okay and uh so i did that and uh, well i didn't work in that department but yeah it was like it was like food food products food uh food products and chemicals is, is what it was. It's the type of work. It was. Okay.
2: And like, what were you doing? Uh, what was your job in the, in the business? Uh, it,
1: um, the, <laughs> uh it's just like so simple, <laughs> but, uh, I was, they called a material handler, but basically I watched a uh, powder drop in a, in a box till it hit 50 pounds and then push it on the conveyor belt. Like, you know, 400 times a day something something like that so and then i would stack the boxes pretty simple stuff wow okay. um and
2: how long did you do that for and i, I don't want to dig too much but just to like yeah kind of give everybody an idea out there like how much did that pay uh an hour i guess
1: uh the pay was i mean pay actually wasn't that bad i guess for something that boring uh it was like 22 <laughs> an hour. Uh, it's so pretty it wasn't good, actually horrible yeah it wasn't oh, horrible bad. yeah it was just really boring um, for,
2: for context I made uh what was it like 898 has a an EMT whenever I first started and that was uh ooh, 2012 2012 898
0: 898 an hour it's basically nine dollars an hour
2: yeah, I made um 1354 I think, as a firefighter paramedic. What I was the like, hell nope. are you seeing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going into burning buildings and why
0: the hell uh, picking people up in the middle okay, of the night. It makes way more sense that you switch careers, because why would you take that job at that page? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> as a nurse, I made, uh, I made what, Mil, uh, what Will made, like 22 and change an hour, when I first got out of school as a registered nurse, if you can believe wow. that.
1: Yeah. 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 But I, so actually, I did that for, oh, go ahead.
2: I, I was just going to say, um, some days I, I probably would have rather done what Will was doing and like put powder <laughs> in boxes <laughs> and pack boxes and stuff. But uh, yeah, go go ahead. Will.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so, uh, I, I did that for like three years, uh, three and a half years before. And before that, I was at like another factory for like another three years. So it's like total of six years of that doing that like type of work. But also, uh, my wife didn't work, and then I had, you know, as we know, I have six kids. So uh, even though, like, it wasn't the worst amount of money, it really didn't go that far when you include mortgage, insurance, et cetera, et cetera. Oh,
2: yeah. So uh, that whole time, were you kind of uh, getting into coding, or is that a more recent thing? Or how many years have you kind of been um, working on that?
1: Uh, Well, the coding is fairly new. I'd probably say... I don't know, probably like a total time now, like maybe two years from when I first like got the the idea to actually try to do something else and like get into a different field. Um, but as far as like trying to get out of that, that actual like type of work it has been, I don't know, probably like five years. Like because I'm 35 now, when I hit 30, I was just like, I have to do something else. Like, you know, if I'm going to work for another 35 years i it got to be something more than this so i tried all kind of stuff i've like sold stuff on shopify I've had a youtube channel i think we talked about that last time uh i had i started a cleaning business so i did like uh, tons of stuff to like you know try to work my way out of that type of stuff
2: nice so um Last time we talked, you were kind of still doing that self-study, and you were working on, I think, React and some JavaScript and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and you were working with uh, Kansas City Code, was it Coder Dojo or Coding Dojo?
1: Yeah, Coder Dojo, yeah. Yeah.
2: Are you still uh, Are you still working with them, or?
1: Uh, not now, but, you know, of course, with, you know, everything going on, everything's got uh, canceled, you know, all oh, the yeah. in-person oh, events. Yeah. true. Um, but I did step down just cause it, you know, I just got like a whole lot busier. Like, well, I still would like mentor like occasionally, but I was like a part of like the, the, uh, organizi- the organizing team. And I-, I just didn't have any more bandwidth to do, to like do that and everything else. Gotcha, but once everything gotcha. starts back up, I would like to still go and mentor every now and then.
2: Cool. So yeah, last time we spoke, um, when we kind of wrapped up, we talked about, a lot of social media engagement and kind of building a following and fun stuff like that. And at the end of the show, we kind of said like, well, why aren't you applying for jobs? You know, go out there and, and apply. And you were kind of like, well, you know, I'm still working on some things and we kind of left it at that. So Mm -hmm. can you kind of take us through what happened since the last time we spoke? How did you end up at at egghead and like what, what all has changed for you since then?
1: Uh, sure. I, I would say everything has changed, really. It's been the end of 2019 was pretty crazy. Uh, So what I started is so there was a uh, boot camp in Kansas City called Launch Code that like leads to uh apprenticeships with companies. So I was like, OK, that's like a surefire from me, way to get in. They teach like, uh you know, JavaScript and Angular and then Java and Spring Boot on the back end. Uh, Ooh, so heavy duty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, I enrolled in that. Uh, and then like a, a week later, uh, Joe, the co-founder of Egghead, um, he sent me like a, a article. Right. And it was talking about like not necessarily community management, but that's, you know, that's the most familiar term for people. And I was like, hold on. I You know, in my mind, I'm like, I think he wants me to do this for Egghead. Uh, and then I read the article and I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, this this sounds like me. And he was like, you know, would you like to do that for Egghead? And I was like, well, of course. So um, a couple of weeks later, like after that exchange, uh, he ended up offering me the job for being a community engineer for Egghead. And uh, so basically what that means is that I, so, you know, we have instructors, we have people who take the courses. I kind of find ways to connect uh, both of those people together. So, you know, they can share ideas, learn things from each other. Um, you know, and make like the material better, uh, and make sure that everyone's like benefiting from it. So, um, that is just, it's just been crazy how fast things move since then. So
2: did, uh, did Joel, we're talking Joel hooks, right? Um, did Joel like give you a job offer or did you kind of say like, Hey, you want me to do this for egghead or
1: no, he, no, he actually did give, give me the offer uh like i said a couple of weeks after he sent me that article like he you know was like he was and i don't know like if you know joel like joel is like very like indirect with stuff so he was just like he was like i'd like for you to do this for egghead if you're interested like that's how joel says something like so i was like well yeah of course i, w- I would love to uh <laughs> and uh so yes send me the offer so what's the what's the day-to-day like
2: uh with with kind of that that role that you're in now? Uh,
1: The day-to-day is basically like, A, like finding people in the community, whether it's like someone like learning something. And so like my whole job is basically like to boost other people, to give them a, a, uh, a light in the community to be seen. So a lot of times it's like looking for people who are doing cool things, whether that's like taking cool notes, making cool blog posts, and then finding a way to um, boost their profile, either by bringing them in as a learner advocate and actually having work directly with Egghead, or seeing if we can get them to do like a talk, or um, you know, you know, retweet their blog post, or have a Twitter chat with them, like something that they can that they can use to uh, be seen out into the community.
2: Cool. So if anybody is not familiar with egghead out there could you maybe describe kind of what egghead is and what it's about
1: uh sure uh egghead is a web development uh education platform um it's more aimed towards like mid-level uh engineers so like a lot of knowledge is assumed and it's taught by like experts uh in the field uh teaching people how to level up as web developers
2: cool so um If I could describe Egghead in just a sentence, it's kind of like the no BS, uh, like minus all the cruft um, tutorial that you might be uh, thinking of, which is a pretty poor description. But (laughs) think about like whenever you're watching YouTube and you you click on a video and you're like, all right, show me how to, I don't know. I've been doing a lot of of Vim stuff lately, so I'm going to click on this Vim tutorial. And then you jump into the video and it's like, hey, my name's Lee. I'm Welcome back to you know Lee's coding tutorials. Uh, last time we talked about my grandma and her socks and making jam and all this stuff. And you're like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And you're like skipping through the video. Egghead yeah. is kind of all about not that. It's direct to the the meat of the problem, uh, cutting, trimming the fat, or however you want to say it, and kind of zeroing in on exactly what you need to do um, kind of piece by piece. So like the videos are only like a few minutes uh, a piece and they zero in on a very specific um, topic or skill or something like that so if if we were going back to Vim, it'd be like here's how to add a basic configuration to your vim rc or something and the video would jump in and be like all right you go to your home folder you open, open up dot rc you add this line this line this line it does this this and this and that's like the end of the video and then it's on to the next topic so uh, that's that's kind of what i imagine it means when you say like it's egghead is targeted towards not beginner level or junior level mm-hmm. engineers it's more mid-level because you're yeah. kind of skipping all of that context and stuff it's just like imagine googling like how do i set up the MRC?" like that would be an egghead video just like that little snippet or whatever the content is that you kind of glean from like stack overflow or something that would be your yeah. typical egghead video so yeah. If you're looking for, like, big explanatory, like, um, big explorations of a topic or something like that, that's something that you may, like, watch a talk or something or uh, maybe longer form content. Egghead is, is very much the opposite of that. Very short, very focused videos.
1: Yeah, that's definitely accurate. After, like, you know, uh, doing, like, Egghead and, like, watching the course, I have a hard time, like, going back to, like, the other course i get like bored really really fast <laughs> yeah i've uh
2: i don't have an egghead uh, subscription but uh, every once in a while i get an email from joel that's like hey check out this course and some of the courses are free and some aren't so i ended up watching like a couple of the videos or something because usually the first two are free and it's like mm-hmm. bam 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 you're like all right yeah i'm into it i'm into it And then you hit the paywall and you're like ah dang it <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's some free courses out there i know like um some of the the Party Corgi Discord folks like Chris Biscardi and um, Tomas. Uh, I forget how to say his last name, Lakomi. Um, they've got some free tutorials on Egghead and they're pretty awesome, um, especially if you're not looking for like all of that cruft, um, all the fluff filler kind of stuff in the video and you just want to kind of breeze through the topic. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I assume working for Egghead, like you have a subscription and you can kind of have your your choice of whatever videos are on the platform.
1: Yeah, that is correct.
2: Cool. So uh, what kind of stuff have you been using Egghead to learn?
1: Uh, Well, mostly, well, now since I'm also like, I'm trying to be uh, a developer with Egghead. And so I've really been really only learning like Ruby on Rails uh, because that's what the app is built on. Um, So there's not really any Ruby on Rails content on Egghead. Uh, so what I do though, when I take courses is for, really? uh, the notes. So, um, i took taken a course on, uh, view router by Lori Barth, which was pretty good. Like that course was like to never have worked with View to like, understand that course. Like she's really good at explaining stuff. Cause I've never worked with you and felt like I could have did a view app after <laughs> taking that course. It was really good.
2: Uh, does egghead use view for like its front end stuff?
1: Uh, no, that was just a course I was uh, taking so we could do notes because part of like another part, like the second part of what I do is uh, we do like community notes uh, and that's what the learner advocates are. And basically like we take the courses and actually provide notes for them that'll have like, you know, maybe explain in the different contexts or it'll include like outside resources. If you did want to go deeper, we kind of curate like the best resources. So because you know, if you watch a video, nine times out of 10, you might want to go look for a podcast or a a conference talk or a blog post, like further explaining the concept. So we do that for you and provide it uh, on the course. So that's what I was doing that for I was um, just adding things and note taking on the view router course.
2: Okay, I see. Cool. So you're kind of like, um. Like uh, the further reading or like, uh, you know, would you like to know more kind of section is, is kind of what you're working on?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Cool, cool. So um, tell me about uh, Ruby since you're, you're kind of learning that. Um, I know we, we've talked about Egghead a little bit and I think Egghead is great. Um, but I, I'm really interested to hear because you've been working in JavaScript for, you know, I'm sure over a year.
1: And now mm-hmm. you've got to switch to Ruby. Like, how is that going? Um, actually, it's going pretty well. Um, and I would say probably because I did, like, learn JavaScript for so long. Like, um, so, you know, of course, some of the things are similar. But, like, Ruby is, like, really, really simple. Like, for example, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, make a function, you know, when it's over, you just write end, like there's no brackets or anything. <laughs> so it's like easy to tell like where, <laughs> where things are. It's like, oh, it's over. Okay, cool. Um, And if you know, you know, if you define something, you just put, you know, DEF and then the name Um, instead of having to like, you know, you know, var let or const, you know, or something like that. Um, Or if you do make a variable, you just, you know, uh, you just assign it like you just put like name equals wheel like you know there's that's how you define a variable so it's like Ruby's like very very uh, simple um, and I probably say like the thing that probably caught me up the most was uh Ruby hashes because they're just like objects in JavaScript but they're like written like way different with like different um like where the colons go and stuff it's just like it's just like different but they look the same so yeah so i'm not like the best with those yet um so that's probably been the hardest thing to grab my head around but other than that ruby's been like uh, a blast to learn and uh understand if i'm being honest
2: so have you have you dipped into to rails or, or anything like that yet
1: yeah that's i kind of like that's how i'm learning i'm using the uh, ruby on rails tutorial by michael hartle and, uh, and it, it has, like, a short section on Ruby, but uh, it's mainly talking about Rails. And Rails is great, too. Like, it was kind of a mindset shift to work with, like, an entire app. Um, and Rails is, like, super opinionated. So it does so much stuff for you. Like, when I first learned it, I felt like I didn't learn anything because, it like, stuff was just happening. So I was like, <laughs> I don't even know why that happened. Um, so... <laughs> Um, I probably say like in the, really like the last, I don't know, couple weeks, like, you know, uh, probably last three weeks, I really actually get what's going on um, because, you know, I kind of like dug further to figure out what's actually happening. But, yeah, it's like very opinionated a lot. It, it is configurable. So, like, you can bring your own stuff, like you can bring your own router. You can, you know, bring your own query language and stuff like that. Uh, but the stuff, like it, the way I'm learning it so far, it's like the, it's like the rails way. Um, and it does like so much for you. It's kind of hard to like figure out, you know, if you even understand or not. But like I said, I'm, it's, it's coming together.
2: Cool. Cool. So if, if anybody's kind of curious what we're talking about out there, um, Ruby is a programming language. Uh, it's a high level language, kind of like JavaScript or like Python. Um, it's supposed to be very readable so even maybe even more so than than python so there's not a whole bunch of curly braces and stuff all over the place it's very uh similar to like english um so it almost Mm -hmm. has like this kind of verb um thing going on like noun verb kind of structure to it um it was written by a japanese guy i don't know his name (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's uh kind of seen a huge uh, surge in popularity uh, maybe like 10 years ago um, in the in the early uh, 2010s um, ruby on rails came out which was like the framework for ruby and basically is this um, kind of like laravel it's this accelerator for creating a, a website or a web app um, so it spins up like you know all of your routes and stuff and your views and kind of structures of project for you whenever you start it. And this thing was a startup darling. So all these startups, um, popped up around that time when rails started to be popular and they, they like everybody was building their software as a service with rails. So a lot of like Silicon Valley startups, um, overnight, you know, popped up and had these rails apps, um, even here in Orlando, uh, Florida, we had a big Rails movement for a while. Um, all these kind of companies popped up and were using Rails for their, their primary stack because it, it does so much for you and it's so fast to get up and, and get started. And like Will said, it's highly opinionated, meaning it has its own way and its own rules and, and kind of structure to it. So if you wanted to like create a route in Ruby on Rails, like there's a specific way to do that. And so when you go from Rails project to Rails project, and you're like, okay, where are the routes? It's like, okay, they're right there, as opposed mm-hmm. to Node, which is very unopinionated. So, like, if you look at um, <clears throat> a uh, an Express app, and you're like, okay, where are the routes? It's anybody's guess. We're like, every Express app is going to look different from the next one, and it's kind of the same thing with like React. You can make a React project however you want. It's very unopinionated. React only has like you know the API for React, the the methods and stuff you interact with. There's so few of them as opposed to like Angular, where you generate an Angular project and it's like creates all these files and all these folders and components and services and all this junk. And so an Angular project looks the same as the next Angular project as the next one. It's very opinionated, whereas React is unopinionated. So um, there's been some kind of controversy about Rails recently uh, saying like, oh, it's too slow or it doesn't scale or, or whatever. But there's a lot of code bases out there that are running on Rails that are dealing with a lot of traffic, Egghead included. Um, I think another one off the top of my head, uh, Dev2. Um, they, they run on Rails uh, as far mm-hmm. as, I, as I can remember. I don't know if you can think yeah. of any other ones.
1: Uh, GitHub is a, is a Rails app. There you go. Is it? Yeah. And uh, probably my favorite one to bring up. Uh, is Shopify and you know their traffic is insane oh really yeah so I mean it's uh it's possible
2: there's millions of dollars are being made over rails like every day (laughs) so if you're out there yeah rails is is garbage you know um I I respectfully disagree (laughs) I've never used (laughs) it but I can respect that it is solid and people are out there using it um if you know rails that's great because (laughs) there's all this software out there running rails and not a lot of people learning it nowadays. Everybody's kind of in the JavaScript realm. So um, you, if you jump on like indeed or something, you're like, Oh, Ruby on rails jobs or something. You'll see like a bunch of senior posts pop up and they're for like all these startups and stuff that has the, they have these SaaS apps that are running on rails and they need engineers. And there's just not that many of them nowadays. I don't know if, you guys have seen that or not?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I have. I haven't looked, but yeah. I mean, I know that there's. I mean, out there, there's there's too many tools like the developers use. Like even Stripe, I I believe is built uh, on Ruby on Rails. Like there's like it's like the cool. Like I even think Airbnb was. They're not anymore. I don't think, but I think Airbnb like it's like all the you know cool companies that you know that's you know made a big splash in the last. 10 years um are using rails so it's like i mean even then it's like a way to get into like one of those companies like those you know what might be dream companies for some people
2: yeah i don't think um you're doing yourself a disservice by learning rails um it might be kind of tough to get like a junior level role uh with rails Mm -hmm. um because there's not that many you know like i said there's a lot of senior level positions out there
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and they're looking for somebody to do maintenance or make updates or something, um, to an existing rails app. There's not a whole lot of like greenfield rails development probably, um, going on out there, but there's some companies here in Orlando that are using it. Um, I can't, I don't even know if I should say on, on the air or whatnot, but I know there's a few (laughs) at least, um, that, that, uh, that are using rails, um, either for their entire like SAS app or for sections of it. So um, it's out there. It's if, if you're looking for a second languages pickup, I think Ruby's a fine choice.
1: Yeah, you definitely wouldn't hurt you.
2: Tell me about this uh, tutorial that you're learning uh, Ruby from, because the only one that I've ever heard of is wise, poignant guide to Ruby. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was, <laughs> I've, I've read that one. That one's wild. I like it though.
2: <laughs> eddie are you familiar with wise poignant guide no
1: i'm not oh
2: dude it's uh it's pretty awesome it's like a um it's like a deadpool-esque fourth wall breaking yes, uh, yes. comic book really? type of guide yeah yeah it's it's freaking awesome like if you're if you had to choose a language to learn based on <clears throat> like <laughs> a fun guide like ruby would be the top of the list because of wise poignant guide
0: Okay, <clears throat> I'm kind of interested now.
2: So. Yeah, I'll, I'll shoot you a link and you can kind of leaf through it. But yeah, yeah, it's um, cool. it. I think Y is a, it's a cat, I think.
1: Yeah, or um, a fox, something, something like yeah, that. Yeah, fox
2: or a cat. I don't, I don't know. It's it's a cartoon character, but um, the the guide kind of talks at you and kind of waxes philosophic in in spots. Um, like I said, breaks the fourth wall in, in places, so it it's very entertaining to say the least. Um, but yeah, I think wise pointing guy covers like mainly Ruby and not necessarily rails, but I- I'm not hundred percent on that. So, yeah. It's, um, it's
1: mainly Ruby.
2: Ha- have you read the whole thing?
1: No, I haven't read. I just go there when like, I want to like, you know, further understand something. Okay. Like a certain concept. Then I'll, you know, do control uh, F and look for what I'm looking for.
2: Cool, cool. So tell me about uh what you are using for Rails. Uh it was Michael something.
1: Yeah, Michael Hartle, the uh Rails the Rails tutorial. Um it's it's paid, it's like forty dollars, I think. Um, but basically you go through uh Ruby on Rails and uh you build a uh Twitter clone. Uh so it teaches you about like, you know, I mean it's it's like pretty in depth and I think that's what's probably like my while like it took long for it to click because like you learn because this some of the stuff i've never learned in javascript like validation um you know of like you know characters and stuff and you know password length and uh you learn about like you know sessions and you know how to you know make cookies and security stuff like it's like uh then you also do like uh you know test driven development like it's really like a lot in there um But you build like a Twitter clone with a login. You can follow people, uh, all that uh, type of stuff. Um, You know, and it uses like you know Bootstrap for uh, the front end. It's not really design focused, but yeah, it's like you go through that and you start from. You build like three apps. You like you build like a really simple one, like a little blog thing, and then like like a sort of Twitter thing, and then you go to like the full app. And I think the full app's like I don't know seven or eight chapters of the book and you like build this literal Twitter clone from start to finish. It's, 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 in depth. It's a great tutorial. Cool. Have you, um,
2: have you used the Odin project at all?
1: Uh, no, I know about it, but no, I haven't used it. I've been trying to stay focused on one thing because I used to jump around a lot. So I'm trying to like stick with this and then ride it out. Yeah.
2: So like way back before, Yes, the Odin, like Odin, like Norse Thor's mythology, dad. Thor's dad, Odin. Okay. okay. Um, mm-hmm. Back before I, I got into a boot camp and even knew like the pros and cons of JavaScript or Ruby or whatever, I was kind of looking up free boot camps because, you know, trying to save a buck. And uh, the Odin project popped up in Google. And that is a full stack um, boot camp for Ruby on Rails and JavaScript. So you can do... Um, a rails track they also recently came out with a uh like a node full stack javascript track um and i guess i have a front-end only track now I'm, I'm looking at the page but um back when i was looking at it the odin project was like a ruby on rails bootcamp uh that was totally free and open source so uh we'll throw links up to to both on the show uh on the show notes so anybody can check those out but um so Will, did you like how far did you get in JavaScript before you switched to Ruby? Like, were you building node servers and working with Express and all that?
1: Uh, no, I was doing just straight front end stuff. I didn't, I mean, I knew about Node, and I don't know, probably think I did some like how to, I think I like fetched something from an API on the command line, but like that's as far as I went. So I did like mostly front end stuff and then learned React, and then, um, that's when, uh, I got the job at egghead and they were like uh we would like for you to learn ruby on rails i was like okay
2: cool so are you um are you working with uh maybe like a mentor over on on eggheads um like any of other engineers kind of pairing up with you for anything
1: yeah actually uh ian is like the main end engineer uh so you know he gave me like a tour of the code base and you know explain what uh goes where i actually did do um uh, worked with uh one of the front end uh engineers on um to make the uh to make it a little more like add some design to when the instructors comment to make it like stand out more uh, and that was just we did that a couple of days ago so that was cool.
2: Nice, nice. So you got some pull requests under your belt at this point? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool. So um now that we've kind of talked about egghead and, and Ruby and all that um, let's talk about like how your life has changed going from, uh, you're this like blue collar, uh, job working in a factory to, you know, white collar office work, basically. Um, I assume you're, you're working from home.
1: Yeah. Working remote. I My saw uh, amazing. Few, <laughs> <laughs> I saw a few <laughs> months
2: back that, uh, that you bought a new house. Yeah.
1: Oh, congrats. And yeah, so,
2: so tell me about all that.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So, Uh, yeah, yeah. When I got the job, we had, we hadn't moved yet. So basically we had already planned on moving. Um, I was going to work a bunch of overtime at my old job to be able to, you know, pay for the new house. Um, so, you know, I wasn't expecting like everything to happen the way it did, but so, yeah, we got the job and I, we, uh, moved to a new house and, um, the old house was like really small. It was me and my wife, six kids. Uh, it was like, I don't know. I think it was like 900 square feet. Like it was like wow. really small and it was just yeah. cramped. And uh, so, yeah, we moved into this house is a way bigger, huge basement. Uh, and so it's just, uh, it's just been great. Like, you know, everyone's comfortable. Everyone has space. The oldest is, you know, he's 13 and the second youngest is uh, our second oldest is uh, nine So he's like way older than everybody else. So, you know, he's that, you know, a teenager doesn't really want to, you know, do what they're doing. So, like, he has his own room so he can, you know, play Fortnite with his friends and stuff. Um, It's just been, like, you know, relaxing, like, just to have the space that we need, like, having such a big family. Because my wife, she homeschools. uh, So she does that in, like, in the basement. So she homeschools and teaches the kids. And I work upstairs. Um. I have like a desk set up in our room and it's like it's just because at first we were like always on top of each other and um you know everyone just felt like they needed you know more space and now like everybody has that so it's really it's really good really like relaxing so i I enjoy it i'm really glad that everything happened the way it did and uh like i said so you've seen the video where like you know they we surprised the kids with the house like so We closed or we put the offer in in November and closed in December. So this whole time, the kids had no idea that we were getting a new house. They were just still, you know, they just had no idea. So on the day that we uh, actually closed, um, I told them, I was like, hey, we're going over to my friend's house. I haven't seen in a while one of my friends from high school. And uh, so we were, you know, driving down there and I like took them to Sonic and got like some drinks and stuff. And I actually told my friend, I was like, hey, I'm going to call you and like, you know, you know, say to come in or something, you know, whatever. So I pull up to the house um, and then I call my friend. He's like, hey, Will, man, you outside? He's like, come on in. I've been waiting on you. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, when we opened the door, their mother was already there. And uh, but she didn't answer the door. We had uh, actually the realtor was there. She wanted to be involved in the surprise. So she opened the door. And then, you know, my wife just came out from behind the from behind the uh, stairs and was like, welcome to your new home. And they were like, what? Like, (laughs) like (laughs) It it didn't register. And uh, so, yeah, they they seen it, you know, loved it. And it's been like really, really good. Like I feel like like every morning I express gratitude, like I'm really happy. This is where we at. It's pretty cool.
2: That's awesome, man. Uh, you'll have to to send us that video so we can uh, link that on the show notes as well.
0: Yeah, it's a good.
1: Story.
2: All right. <laughs> so um, tell me about um, kind of the like when you look back at the journey from um, like being a self-taught programmer and kind of like, you know, like you, you mentioned one day, uh, I'm just going to be a programmer, right? Like, that you know, you, you flip a switch or you, you make a, a stand, and then internally you tell yourself, All right, this is what I'm going to do now. I, I remember uh, not having a moment like that of like total clarity or anything, but like I'm going to sign up for a boot camp and we'll see how this goes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, now that you're there and you're like doing, you know, development work, you're um, working for this, you know, well known platform and, and company uh, on Twitter, talking to like all these. Uh, developer personalities and whatnot um, looking back on where you started like h- how do you feel that the journey was like if, if you could go back and tell yourself like to do something differently or to keep doing what you're doing or um, may- maybe what would you tell yourself then
1: uh, if if I'm being honest I would I wouldn't change a thing just because every like everything that I wanted like came to be right. Like, you know, I wanted to work from home. Like I always thought that like, maybe I get a job, work for a couple years and then work from home. But like, you know, I got that from the jump. Um, You know, actually like when I first like heard about Egghead and like listened to Joel on a couple podcasts, I was like, I actually sound like I would like to work for that company. It's like, um, so honestly I wouldn't change anything. Like everyone I met along the way, the relationships I've built, which I feel is like the most important part honestly is like all the people I've met and learned from and stuff like that like I honestly like I'm not saying it wasn't like stressful and there wasn't times where I was like man I might be stuck in this factory forever like I had plenty of days like that (laughs) days where you know I would go to work and not talk for 12 hours and say a word because I was so frustrated um, with you know being there and not you know And not like getting where I wanted to be, like, you know, out, you know, like trying to get a developer job. Um, But 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 when I look at from there to the end, I I wouldn't change anything like everything ended up like exactly how I wanted to be. So I I don't think there's anything I would change. I had a feeling you'd say that.
2: And so (laughs) my, my, my follow up is what do you think was crucial to your success? Like what what did you do that got you to that finish
1: line? Um, I would, I would say building the relationships, like the the people. I think like the the talking to people and like them actually like being able to see like you know what I'm about, like the stuff that I do. Right, it's it's easy to say that you're doing X, Y, Z, but like when you really talk to someone and you get to like really know, like okay, they really are doing this. I think that um was like the key because it just made everything I'm doing just more real to everyone. And they, they could like feel my passion because like there's been a lot of times where I did like, you know, met up with people for a coffee and they were like, man, you're really serious about this. Um, So I think that if anything, like, you know, of course the actual decision to actually do it and, but, and learn the stuff. But I think like building those relationships and, and really like showing how serious I was, was like, the key. I think if you take you take everything else that I've done, um, you know, the blogging, being on podcasts, mentoring, but you take out the people. And like if I just like was in a hole just doing all this stuff on my own, I don't think it would have ended the same. I think the people is what, you know, made it come together the way it did.
2: It's funny that you say that because I kind of get this vibe from a lot of people out there that they focus the most on just the code. Like I'm going to get up at four o'clock in the morning and I'm going to watch YouTube tutorials and build projects and stuff and like not talk to anybody and go work my job that I hate come home, like code more and just kind of push that boulder up the mountain like day in and day out. And I I feel like there's a lot more to it than just doing the, you know, typing characters into an IDE. Uh, There's a lot of networking that kind of, like we say it a lot, but I feel like it's still undersold to a lot of people out there. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: So like we, you say that you talked to a lot of people and that that was the important part. Like, what did that look like? You, you mentioned like podcasts and blogs and stuff, but were you like on Twitter talking to people or were you meeting, meeting up with people in real life or how, how did that happen?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, that's a good question. So that it was pretty much like you were saying, it was, uh, it was of course Twitter, but I think like even deeper is like the people that I talked to on Twitter led to us doing like Zoom calls. And then like the people I met when I was like mentoring, um, you know, it would lead to like me like going to their job on their lunch break or us meeting after, um, meeting after work and, um, you know, going to like, you know, get, dinner or something somewhere um and then like having conversations that way like that was the because usually those conversations like led to like the cooler opportunities um like i don't know if i can i mean i don't know if i can say the name but like an opportunity that i got off of twitter was like to do something with like like some contract work for like a really really huge company um and it was just from me you know meeting this person through twitter and then forming relationship and then like, you know, that happened. So uh the the people is the most is is the most important part in the really my favorite part. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so if you want to hear uh Will's tips, go back and listen to uh, our episode where we pretty much focus solely on that. Uh how you know Will built his Twitter following and like how he engaged with people on social media and, and stuff like that. And uh, I mean I, I don't, you probably don't have like 2000 or whatever followers now, um, kind of hovering in a, a modest follower count or whatever, but that's not necessarily the most important thing, right?
1: Yeah, that, that's correct though. That's not the, uh, most important part because it goes from this thing that, uh, cause I, did, I used to listen to a lot of Gary V when I was, when I was on my come up, I really don't listen to him much anymore. Um, but he always talked about wide versus deep, you know, you want to have deep relationships, not like just a wide net of like, you know, random people like, well, that, you know, that's fine. Um, having a large follower count can be uh, beneficial, but is, you know, you can get a lot more if you're like deeply engaged with the people that, you know, you do follow. And that's probably like the more important part, like having like a, uh you know, the whole find your tribe thing. Like you can, you know, tribes aren't huge. You know, when you think of like a tribe, You know, even like, you know, back in the day, a tribe wasn't a huge thing. It was like a small knit group. So if you can like find your tribe and focus on that and fostering those relationships, um, it can lead to like some pretty incredible opportunities.
2: Yeah, and I'm just totally making this number up, but I've heard out there that a, a human being can only care about like 60 people or something like that, like deeply, intimately really connect with and care about, you know. Maybe it's seventy. I don't know. Sixty or Mm seventy people, or or some. It's it's a it's a low number. Like all things considered, um, you know, billions of people on the planet. Sixty people for one person to really care about. So, uh, that that kind of resonates with me. Whenever you say that, like, yeah, find your tribe, um, find your local developer community, get in touch with them, get in touch with uh, people on Twitter that you know are interested in talking to you and making connections with you and that you can um, communicate with about development and kind of find those opportunities and be open to that kind of thing. Uh, If you're just in your bedroom um, at four o'clock in the morning, watching like traversing media or whatever, and doing, you know, JavaScript tutorials and making node servers or whatever, that's not going to get you connections with other developers. Like that's great. It's good to learn. You need to do that stuff. You need to type characters into an IDE, but you also need to talk to people. I don't mm-hmm. know. Eddie could probably back me up on this, but like most of the opportunities that I've had have not been from working really hard in the boot camp, but from meeting people, talking to people, talking to other developers, doing this podcast, blogging, uh, having a meetup, uh, all that stuff, all of the human interaction, connecting with people, um, building that network, you know, having a presence on LinkedIn, whatever. That's where all of the opportunities have come from not necessarily Mm -hmm. being the best at JavaScript or being a hotshot at Express or anything like that. Um, You've really got to take that advice to heart and stand out not just by being good at code, but good with people.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would back you up. I'm bad with people. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) just doing the things that I do like helping with the meetup and doing the podcast and having like i'm in i put myself in a place where i can meet people and talk to people and especially recently uh, i've been given some really great opportunities so um and hopefully something comes from that uh but yeah it's all from the people that i've met doing stuff like this and you know meetups talking on slack things like that uh yeah i agree
2: yeah, so you don't have to be uh maniac like me and like always on Slack or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm not. we're all, always on Discord because Ed, yeah, Eddie isn't. But uh, just know
0: someone <laughs> that is. <laughs> that yeah, that, that
2: can totally work. You can be Life hooked hack. into the right person. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if that person is that maniac, then yeah. <laughs> you get the same kind of benefits. But um so yeah, yeah, Will. Uh that, that episode that we did was fantastic. Please go back and listen to it uh if you're kind of wondering what we're talking about out there um but this is just proof positive that uh these being open to opportunities and being in the right place at the right time talking to people being open to communication can really pay dividends in the end uh look at will um he didn't you didn't even get through the whole boot camp you signed up for the boot camp and then like got a job directly after the first week i think he said yeah so yeah i mean what what other proof do you need right <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that's like one of my uh main like motivators like uh i just want to, you know to for people to be able to see that like you know there's i'm not saying you gotta do everything i did but there's like the more like opportunities you open up yourself to you like really never know what can happen like you know when i first started you know that night opening up you know colt Steele's boot camp I'd have never thought, you know, I would be, you know, where I'm at right now. Like, I never even thought I would have been on the podcast before. Like, you know, and this is my second round. Like, it's really insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just re- really insane what happens when you just, you know, put yourself out there. And I and I know it can be scary because, you know, even when I first started, I'm like, you know, um, you know, like even talking from, you know, a diversity standpoint, you know, there's not a lot of you know, black males uh in this industry. So like even that was scary. Like every meetup I would Mm -hmm. go to, every conference, I was literally the only black male, but I didn't let that stop me. I was like, I'm going to I'm going to get in here, like no matter what. Um, so just to show people like, you know, you can if you really like set your mind uh to something, I know it sounds like, you know, high school guidance counselor, but it's true. Like if you set your mind to something, you can get it like and it may not be the way that you may think in the beginning, but you will definitely get it.
2: Yeah, I think uh, way back when when we had our like, I don't know, third episode or something, we interviewed uh, Chad Bostick. He talked about uh, growth mindset. You remember that, Eddie? Yes. <laughs> don't lie to me. <laughs> um, no, I, do, I do. But the or maybe it was an abundance mindset. I can't remember. Um, but the, the kind of gist of it was to be open to opportunities, to, to really like have that positive attitude and it's not easy. Um, maybe you're kind of fooling yourself into it or, or tricking yourself, but saying like, you know, gosh, dang it, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to try. And if something comes up, I'll give it an honest shot. I'll give it an opportunity I give it a chance, and if it pays off, great. And if it doesn't, I'm going to keep moving. And there's going to be a lot of disappointment on on that road to, you know, becoming a developer and getting that first job, or maybe even getting laid off and and having to work until you get that second job. I've known some developers out there that that's happened to, especially in the times that we're in. So you just have to keep your chin up and and keep going. And you know, if you have a network that can support you and Kind of keep you motivated, then all the better. You guys agree? <laughs> Everybody's dead yeah. silent. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, hundred percent agree. I've seen it, uh, I've seen it a hundred times, and you know, I've actually lived through it. So yeah, having a network is extremely uh, important. Just from you know, there's you know, uh, you know, people who got laid off recently. You know, they go on Twitter and be like, oh, man, I got laid off. Anybody know any opportunities? And by the end of the week, they have another job. Uh, so, yeah, having a, a network and, you know, uh, being close to people can definitely pay dividends.
2: Yes, I've seen that many times. I've retweeted those tweets. Um, you know, I see people, they get opportunities, they get hired even during a recession. So um, it's mm-hmm. it's the the opportunities and the the resources are out there and you just have to, to reach out and and get them. Um, I'm going to end all my monologues from now on with end like Ruby. So. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So, uh, Eddie, do you have any other questions? Are you ready to move on to nerd minute? I
0: had one quick one. Um, I, I saw a tweet by Will, um, and you mentioned um, something about like a mindset of feeling like you're always going to get fired or it might be your last day or something like that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you could talk about it.
1: Uh, sure. So I'd probably say for like the last eight years, uh, that's like all I've known. Like I was uh, working for a, a call center. The company, this was like, so like eight years ago, the company was about to get bought. So every day. Um, people were scared that they were going to because the company that was bonding was doing the same business that they were doing so they were like you know they're not going to have two of everything so like everyone was like super super stressed out and acting like crazy for like a whole year um and everyone you know just just being like people being fired over like the littlest stuff and it was just really wild and every day was like super like scary like you know is it gonna be my day that I because, you know, you start thinking of any little mistake. Oh, did I did I document this right? Did I do this right? And it just got like super overwhelming to where I thought like any day I could get fired. And then we end up, you know, getting laid off anyway. Um, and then I went to another company um, and I was a temp for like three years. So as a temp, you couldn't Whoa, miss. A long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you couldn't miss any days. You couldn't be late. Um, if you would like mess up on something and thing is crazy, you would like be in like a different apartment, like almost every day. Um, it was, I think like my longest stint in one place was like three months, but like the temps, they would just move around. So like every day I was doing something new. And like, if you would like, get it wrong, uh, you know, they would act like they lost a million dollars or something. And like, so like that, so like for three years of not being able to miss a day, be late, or like make any mistakes was like insanely stressful. And then um, they were making two products at that place. And then um, what had happened was they lost one of the products. So, you know, less product, you don't need as many of employees. So I started seeing a lot of the people who were newer than me, like start to get, you know, fired uh, or laid off or whatever you let go, whatever you want to call it. Um, And it was starting to get pretty close to me. Uh, before I went to the the last company I was at, um, so that like it was just always like this dread of I'm gonna get fired, and then at the place that I was just at, um, they were having um issues to where you know stuff was happening like with you know their you know products or whatever, so they were like being super strict, and it was just like when I it's like and the crazy thing is like when I got these jobs, everything was fine, like it wasn't nothing going on, and then. I would you know, when I would get there, it was like always some crazy thing that would happen. And then everything would just get like real like, you know, stressful for some odd reason. Um, so yeah, that's like my last eight years of like every day thinking that something was gonna happen. So uh and like things things are going good with Egghead, I love it. But you know, then we got the this whole virus hitting and then people getting laid off. It just kinda like re energized those feelings of of you know, what I'm used to. And so I'm really trying to get out of that mindset because it's, you know, it, it weighs on you. Uh, but yeah, that's what that tweet was about. Just trying to get out of that.
0: Okay, cool. Um, I mean, I have similar experiences just from like a designer perspective. I've been laid off a couple times. So I, I, can identify with that feeling like, Oh, things are moving in a certain direction and I feel like I might lose my job at some point. Um, yeah. Especially when you have a family, it's, it's, a it's more like stressful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If it was just me, I probably wouldn't even, I wouldn't be worried that much, but you know, knowing I got yeah. these seven people depending on me kind of makes it, you know, hit me a little harder. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll dog pile on that a little bit. Um, I recently was, I you know, trying to get in shape, blowing up my bike tires, and I go out to ride my bike. But before I do, <clears throat> I'm looking for my bike helmet. And Lynn is, you know, making fun of me, like you can't ride up, I'm down the street without a helmet. And in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> if I fall off this bike and I get a concussion or something, and I can't work, like we're up the creek. You know what I mean? <laughs> like,
0: mm-hmm. It's all
2: <laughs> over at that point. So, like, I fall down and break my arm or something, and I am like, only like type one handed you know, that's, that's a big deal. So, um, that the stress is real <laughs> the, an- <Yeah>. the anxiety <laughs> is there for sure. I, uh, I did pull up the tweet by the way. Uh, if I can do it, so a dramatic reading of, of Will Johnson, man, it's tough trying to get out of that mindset that any day you can get fired the last eight years and three different jobs. That's all I've known is that constant stress. Try my best to get out of that mindset.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I feel that cool.
2: the struggle is <laughs> <Yeah>. real, <laughs> but like I cool, said, so uh,
1: oh, go ahead. No,
2: no, no. You first. Cause I got oh, okay. something dumb to say. So.
1: All right. <laughs> but I mean, I must say, like I said, uh, everything is going you know, fine with egghead. You know, if I have a, a idea, you know, it gets, you know, people say, Oh yeah, let's try that out and stuff like that. So everything's going good. So it's not like I'm worried on that front. I think just you know the current conditions kind of reactivated it because I haven't felt it in a while. So, yeah, that's what that tweet was. It yeah, was just I can identify with that. It was it was just heavy yesterday.
2: What'd you say, Eddie?
1: I said I
0: can I I, I can identify with that.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. So everyone this...
0: like people losing their jobs now and stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Um, so I was going to sound a lighter note. Um, looking at your Twitter profile, you're no longer the fresh prince of JavaScript. Uh, do you do you have a <laughs> cute title that's going to tie into Ruby or Rails, or is that
1: still in the works? Um, actually, I made one. And I don't know how it got changed to what it is now. It was Ruby on Wheels, like my name. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I love it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. Can't I wait till that gets changed back. <clears throat> It's like I think it happened <laughs> when I put the Bane picture up. Uh, that's okay. when I noticed okay. it.
2: Yeah, you got to change that to. Uh, <laughs> 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 that's,
1: that's good. Um,
2: so yeah, uh, I- I'm ready to do Nerd Minute. So, uh, you you guys good? Yeah. Yep. Cool. So, and every show we do Nerd Minute and talk about nerd stuff. Uh, Will you're the guest? What do you got?
1: Uh, so this weekend, this is like a two-parter. This weekend, I just finished The Boys on Amazon, and that was <laughs> way better than I thought it was going to be. Like, yeah, it's really good. It wasn't even like kind of deep. I was like, man, this is, I was not, I thought it was going to be like just, you know, jokes and stuff. Like, it was so good. <laughs> um, but that actually inspired me to, uh, um, so I've had this idea rolling around in my head for the last, I don't know, three or four years of like writing a my own series. And it's kind of like uh, like a superhero movie, but like meets like Walking Dead. Um, So basically, if I can explain it fast, so basically like uh something happens. Random people start having superpowers. The government wants to random round wind up these people, so the the focus of the the protagonist is like you know trying to is on the run, trying to uh not get caught by the government. So, um, it's like you know survival slash superhero. Um, and it's my name that I came up with is Elementals, because every everybody's power is based off of something that's already in the earth, like. There's no uh, like extra stuff like, I don't know, lasers. I mean, I don't know. Maybe lasers are a part of nature. I'm not sure. Uh, but it's no like lasers or anything. It's like, you know, lava, earth, lightning, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I started writing like the basis of that this weekend after watching The Boys.
2: Cool. That's cool.
1: Sounds
0: like
2: something Eddie would illustrate or or be a, a big comic book nerd about.
1: So.
0: I'd read it.
2: I I would read that. It's like Avatar meets Walking Dead meets uh, Enemy of the State or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I wanted to give it a thriller vibe.
2: (laughs) What about you, uh, Eddie? What do you got?
0: Uh, Not much. Um, So I started watching um, Clone Wars again Um, and I made it to the current season. So I, I was watching them like I would watch an episode before bed or when I'm waiting for something like, uh, you know, whatever. I'll just watch an episode here and there. um And I skipped, like I said the last time, I, I would skip a lot of political stuff because that stuff's boring. And uh, I just want to see Jedi's <laughs> fight. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I finally got to the current season. So like they're doing a thing with Ahsoka right now which is pretty cool. So I'm like four or five episodes behind uh, where they're currently at. And it's been pretty good. I, I like it. Is um, is it worth
2: watching the God knows how many years or seasons there are that build up to it?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you like it, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, if you like Star Wars, yes. Um, I think some of the, like the, uh, the Darth Maul stuff is really cool and this the Mandalorian um the Mandor or whatever that that plans called um that stuff's really cool um some of the stuff outside of that's not eh, it's kind of boring like i said i skipped the political stuff because <laughs> i don't want to see people talk you know argue in in that big court with like thousands of people or aliens in it um that stuff's boring um but yeah i think it it's been pretty cool it's, it's enjoyable um I still think I like rebels better because um, there's more Jedi stuff and it's more focused on just like the four or five people in that group for those like three or four seasons. And that stuff is a little more interesting than, than this because this kind of goes all over the place. um, And there's a lot of focus on the, the clones and you know, stuff like that. Um, the, the newer season, though, is really cool because there's these, like, reject clones, and they they all, like, they don't look like the regular clones. They look similar, but some of them are too small, some are too big. Um, one guy's just really big, and he's strong, and another guy's smaller and thinner, but he's, like, the, the tech guy. I think they just call him tech. Um, <laughs> there's a sniper dude, and they look slightly different than the rest of the clones, but they, they have, like, special skills and they're not in the clone army they're just kind of outside of that um and they're now getting into i guess toward the end of the the i think season 7 is the last one uh, is the one they're currently in um season 6 was the end the end of season 6 was cool cuz it was just Yoda focused it was like 3 or 4 episodes just on Yoda and um you know how they're like force ghosts sure in the movies Okay. So apparently that's never happened before <laughs> before episode uh 4 or whatever. Um so uh like Yoda's trying to figure out what there's a voice in his Qui-Gon from episode 1. Nice. Um and he's trying to figure out like, you know, like what is this voice? Am I going crazy? And he's he goes looking for the reason that this is happening and then through that it seems like there are people because like no one's ever once you die you're one with the force and then you don't come back you don't have a conscious mind or anything anymore um and then they they're they're so they dig into that a little bit so uh, little things like that are what i like about these series is they do dig a little deeper into like the the lore of star wars um so i like the darth maul stuff too uh darth maul is also in rebels but i think he's better in rebels um but yeah, um, if you're interested, yeah, I I, I would does, uh, get into it. If I mean, we have time, and if you have Disney Plus, it's all. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> it's,
2: um, does Liam Neeson voice Qui Gon in the uh, in the Clone Wars? You
0: know, I didn't check.
2: Does That's it sound question. like Liam? It
0: Neeson? sounded a lot like him. Does he
2: does he walk in with uh with the monologue and he's like <clears throat> Yoda? You don't know me, but I have a particular set of skills that <laughs> <for, laughs> years of doing my job. No, that doesn't happen. Okay. But uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, he's in like um he's in a couple of episodes and it's just a voice. You don't really well, you see Yoda has a dream and sees him, but it's like very short. Gotcha. Um But yeah, that part's cool. Um and yeah, and this is the final season, so they've gone back around cuz Ahsoka, I mean if you don't watch it, she ends up leaving the Jedi and trying to find herself and then like in this final season they they go back to her. Um and then I also heard that she's going to be in the next season of Mandalorian, which is pretty cool and she's going to be played by Rosario Dawson.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I've uh, seen that.
0: Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. That that's pretty awesome. Um but Rosario Dawson is awesome the uh, The Clone Wars night
2: did that have um did it have like two different shows like did they have uh, I seem to remember it's it's been out for like twenty years or something crazy but um what the Clone Wars um uh, was there like an original animated one and then there was like yeah there was a a CG a one version?
0: or I I don't know if the I, I would assume the two D version is on YouTube oh not YouTube but uh, Disney Plus um, I have not watched that yet. I just I used to watch um, the Clone Wars, the 3D version on I think it was Cartoon Network Um, when it, when it was on. I would catch it every now and then. But is there like now I went from first episode to like the, whatever the current episode is through a matter of like, you know, a few months just watching it here and there um so that's how i like kind of caught up on that are the
2: two series like connected do, do they overlap or something or are they
0: i don't know i might go back and watch that now hmm. yeah um, you'll have to let me know yeah i'll let you know i'm not sure cool so uh but um just as far as rebels is there is a connection there because ahsoka does and ahsoka and darth maul are in rebels i have to know Uh, and i think rex is too which is one of the captains in the clone war
2: i've uh, seen a little bit of preview of of clone wars and it looks kind of for lack of a better term cartoonish is it like a kids Mm -hmm. focus series or is it
0: kind of oh no there's so many clones that die (laughs) (laughs) i mean that was a thing i realized like watching this like jedi don't care they'll kill anybody (laughs) 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 they're supposed to be like these like basically priests that are in like monks and stuff but they just if if you're in the way or not in the way but like if you're this evil person that's like causing some kind of harm they'll just kill you (laughs) they they don't they don't really care
2: (laughs) so is there um um, like is the show themed because i know there's like cartoon violence or whatever in a lot of kids shows but uh is it kind of directed at kids or is it enjoyable for adults or
0: no i think it's directed more toward People that have some kind of like you know attachment to this stuff, it's not a kid's show, okay? Um, because they're like there are people like Jedi, like Anakin has like put his lightsaber through, they're aliens, they're not people, but you know, you'll see it go through, um, or sometimes they'll just cut away really quick so you don't see it, but you hear it, um, but yeah, but so many clones die, (laughs) interesting. And, like so many dead clones <laughs> moving on uh, no. yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> um cool all i've got this week is i finished resident evil to the remake last week uh finally after i did like leon's campaign months and months ago and i finally I did you finished that a long time so ago. i i did you know there's like two campaigns to it there's leon and claire yeah. i did leon part a and then i just recently did claire part b and um okay so basically, finish finished the, the whole thing, and I was like, man, I, I want more of this, and lo and behold, Resident Evil 3 dropped uh, like last week. Yep. So uh, I got that, and I started playing it, and it's friggin' amazing, and I'm, I'm really into it, so...
0: How far are you in?
2: Uh, I got like two hours into it last night. Uh, I know it's pretty short. Okay. Uh, supposedly, it's like eight hours or something like that, but...
0: <clears throat> um Nemesis, just like tracking you and killing you constantly
2: he's he's not like mr x like in resident evil 2 the remake uh mr x will kind of pop up um i think the original he only showed up in the the second campaign or something in yeah. in the remake he's like he's always around pretty much when you're in the police station um kind of following you everywhere so um and even in like some of the underground parts uh, after that so that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, he's, he has like an AI to him. So if you like are running, for instance, he can hear you run from like across the station and he'll track you down. Or if you shoot your gun or something like that. Hmm. Uh, in three and nemesis, um, <clears throat> the monster there, it, everything's like scripted. So he only shows up um, during like scripted parts. And yeah. for the most part, um, doesn't really follow you up like throughout the whole game, they've also cut some other sections. Like, uh, I never played the original, uh, but supposedly I was going to ask you that. there was some like clock tower level and I don't know, some other sections to it that they kind of cut out. Um, in addition to this mechanic where you would have to like make a B choices, like oh, I'm going to stay and fight or I'm going to run or I'm going to let this person die or I'm going to try and save them. Uh, they've cut all that out so it's it's like a really streamlined um linear campaign hmm. but it's such a roller coaster that it, i haven't really cared um there's like so many explosions and like jill has been through at least like 10 things that would kill any normal human being at this point <laughs> um, just in the two hours that i played uh she's like driven a car off a roof and like yeah, like okay. hit nemesis drove the car off the roof hit the ground rolled out of the car had like a rocket launcher shot at her um just like all this crazy stuff <laughs> so um it's been such a like action-packed uh fun kind of experience that i haven't really missed any of that other stuff that people are complaining about online but you know how gamers are they'll complain about anything
0: did you meet carlo
2: i did i did um
0: what do you think of his hair
2: i think his hair is awesome uh there's there's a
0: there's like a uh, looks like a muppet on his head. Yeah, it looks like a
2: mop, <laughs> like a black mop.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: I th- I think it's it's, so it's better than the original. Which you can actually switch it back to the original hair. Um, okay. And and, yeah, and you can switch back to Jill's original costume. Oh, um cool. his, uh, his original hair is
0: just, what, like a halter top if she was wearing.
2: I don't know. I don't know girls' clothes. Um, a. I don't know, a jumper or something tied around the waist. That's probably not what it is, but.
0: Um, oh, okay. And this one just got like a shirt. Did you feet. see the, the Resident Evil 2 movie?
2: The Resident Evil 2 movie?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, you mean the U-Bowl movie?
0: Is it, no, it's not U-Bowl. With uh, no, did the the other bad movies. <laughs> the Other bad video game movies. No, he did the
2: Resident Evil movies, didn't he? Or no, Wes Anderson.
1: Yeah, Wes Anderson did those
2: you're talking about uh, mia jovovich yes i've seen a couple of them they're all bad but uh
0: yeah yeah but anyway uh, this, the second one has nemesis in it and it's a little more based on resident evil 3 um but that jill the person that plays jill in that movie is wearing something that's closer to what she wore in the movie i, I was trying to get you to see you know if she was wearing something similar to that in the the the, what you were just talking about. Uh, okay. uh, anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't go watch
2: those movies because they're all bad. Uh, I've seen them all. They're, they're awful.
0: <laughs> yes, but I watch them anyway. Um, I, I like that stuff. Eddie has I a like penchant watching
2: for them. watching stuff that is terrible, and he admits it, It's terrible, but he, he watches yeah. it anyway.
0: It's fun. <laughs>
2: <laughs> cool. So, uh, yeah, if you're if you're looking for if you like survival horror, um, and you never played like Resident Evil or whatever. Uh, go pick it up. It's pretty good. Cool. So uh, I think we can wrap it up there. Uh, thanks so much, Will, for coming back on the show. We had a blast having you.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, man. It was good talking with you guys again. Yeah. Uh, where, where can we find you online? Uh, the main place of course is uh, twitter.com slash will Johnson IO And uh, I have a blog at williamjohnson.dev. I write a few stuff about social media and then whatever I'm learning with uh, Ruby on Rails. Nice.
2: Cool. Cool. So uh, we look forward to having you back again in the future when you're living in a mansion and you've got your own (laughs) social media platform.
1: (laughs) Hey, that sounds like a plan to me. And then I can hire you guys to do the (laughs) JavaScript. Nice. Old. <laughs> hey
2: everybody. Thanks for listening to Tech Junior. Head on over to our site at techjunior.dev for show notes and past episodes. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter. There's a big link at the top, and you'll get an email from me and Eddie once a week with some, some goodies. Uh, if you'd like to support us, you can jump over to the support tab. We've got a Patreon and Teespring. Uh, check that out. Let us know if you like it. Um, yeah. Next week, uh, we're going to talk to Sam Juleen, who is a Auth0 dev advocate. Um, we talk all about authentication and how Auth0 works and OAuth and all that crazy stuff. So, uh, that's a pretty good one. Sam's a, he's an awesome guy and a great guest. So hope you enjoy it. Uh, all right. That's all I got. I will see you guys or you'll hear from me next week. All right, bye.